Well, good evening, everyone. Hello, check. Are we there? All right, I'll just yell real loud. Okay, well, good evening. How are y'all doing? Good. We all. I've never said this anew. I'm from the South, and we say y'all. We don't say we all. I don't know where that came from. So um, now I'm, I'm going to tell you right away. Uh, by the way, my name is Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy Herdklotz, for those of you uh, don't remember him from this morning. And uh, I'm just excited to be with you all. And um, I, my, my wife is a little nervous, okay, because when I'm in a familiar setting and I know people, I tend to just kind of get a little more comfortable and just kind of chase rabbit trails and, you know, uh, wander around a little bit. And so, uh, uh, you know, she's a little nervous that I'm just going to not be focused. And so um, I'm a little ADD, and you'll, you'll see that this week. But uh, I, I am excited about being here. I do feel like, uh, like we're home in a lot of ways, and so it's, uh, it's great to be with you all. Um, like I said, I, I, I am from the South. I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, lived the first 20 years of my life there. And, uh, and then God called me to the North, where y'all need Jesus. Uh, so um, I've, I've been with Life Action for, for 30 years. One of, the, one of the great things, it, there, is a, there, is a, there is a big uh, transition from moving from the South to the North. There's a difference in culture. But one of the things I love about, about living in, in the North and the, the kind of the Midwest here is that the, the name herd clots is not intimidating. Uh, to you all like it is in the South. You know, everybody in the South has just kind of common names. And, and uh, you know, I, I remember going to the doctor or the, the uh, you know, the DMV or whatever, and, and they come out and they would look at and they would say, um, James, you know, and they'd do like this. And I'd be like, it hurt clots, just don't even try, you know. And so, uh, uh, but up here, you know, with all the Eastern European influence, it, everybody's like, yeah, hurt clots makes sense. So uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's one of the good things about, about being here. Uh, like I said, I've, I've been with Life Action for for uh, 30 years, and um, I uh, joined as a, a single team member and uh, traveled for a few years, met my wife here. Uh, we, we didn't like each other very much when we first met each other. Uh, we uh, uh, had uh, some, some issues there, but, uh, but um, um, we still have issues, don't we? <laughs> yes, we're probably going to have some after the service tonight if I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not careful. But uh, we uh, we we just we became good friends uh, traveling together, and and uh, and a little while into that, realized uh, kind of just my God opened my eyes to who she was, and we got married and uh, started having children, and we came off the road, stopped traveling, and and uh, served at, at the camp uh, back when it was his youth camp, and we transitioned to family camp. We were part of that ministry for about twenty years uh, until God called us to uh, uh, join the road team and be a part of uh, this ministry, this aspect of our ministry. And so that's kind of a little background of, uh, of uh, who, who I am. I, I'm, a, I'm a relational person. I don't want to just get up here and talk. I want to get to know people and, and have a conversation. And so I just kind of, some of you are just like, we don't care about that. Just, you know, get to this to session. But, but I do. So we're, that's where we're going to go. And, and I have the microphone. So um, anyway, that's a little bit of, about kind of who I am and where I'm coming from. Uh, so we get to know each other. I, um, uh, I, I want to introduce, this is my, my family picture of my my family, Lauren, I have four boys. Uh, the two in the middle there are oldest. They are uh, married. Um, and then uh, Cameron over on the far right and Bradley in the middle. This is an old picture. Bradley is, is in fact, I think he's taller than you, isn't he, Austin? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so that's a little bit of an older picture. And, and, and my granddaughter's not in there, but she's over here. So they, yeah, you get to see her. She is adorable. So uh, so like just like Steve said this morning, uh, I get to see all my grandchildren in one week as well. So uh, there she is. Um, 
so this 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 is us. We, uh, we we have four boys, and uh, and that's kind of um, um, uh, you know part of who we are. But but I mentioned this morning that um, uh, one of the things I've learned about relationships is that there's a difference between men and women. And I want my wife to come up here. I want you to get to know her a little bit. And uh, and we want to just share a little bit about some of the differences that we've recognized in our our own life and, and relationship. And um, we've kind of compiled this list of just ways in which um, we've discovered that we're different from one another. So so I want to share this with my wife, Lori, by the way. Um, and, and so I, I grew up camping. Um, and I'm a city girl. I uh, grew up in only two houses. Uh, we moved six times when I was growing up. Birthdays were a very big deal at my house. I got underwear. <laughs> I love eating ribs. I think they're too much work. I also like all my washcloths folded and stacked in the same direction. Don't, I heard do not amen. encourage that. See, even a fist pump. <laughs> I, I didn't even know we had washcloths, so no. that's, was, that's probably a problem. I like creamy peanut butter. I prefer crunchy. Uh, I love animals. I have been to a zoo. Not the same. I like for everything to be very organized. I think organ. I like organization, but I think it can be taken to an extreme. So just watch out when Lori has her label maker. It's uh, it can get kind of crazy. Uh, I'm a morning person. I think anyone who likes to talk to me before my first cup of coffee should be shot. Which is why the first thing I do every morning is make sure we have the coffee ready. I'm good with directions. I can get lost the map and a GPS. It doesn't matter. That's true. Mm -hmm. I, I order straight from the menu. I believe cooks like to try different things. Just say number six or whatever it is. It's, it's easier. Uh, I struggle to listen well. And I desire to be understood. I like Diet Coke. I like Pepsi. My love language is gifts. Are you all familiar with the different love languages? Okay. I don't know which one mine is. We've tried to kind of narrow it down. It's hard to define. There's one that I know that it's not, and it's gifts. Right, exactly. But I'm working on it. You're better. You're, you're better. <laughs> um, I believe in the letter of the law. I'm all about the spirit of the law. I like to shop. I'd rather stay home. Uh, I love improv. I need everything to be written out and practiced. Hence the notes, yeah. I am half Chinese. I'm not sure if you can tell, but I'm not. Just clearing that up. Yeah. I plan two weeks ahead. I'm usually about two minutes behind. I love to cook. I love to eat. It's not really a difference. That but one actually works yeah, for us. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm a thinker. And I'm a feeler. Um, I'm, I'm usually hot. I'm usually cold. I also have pretty thick hair. Um. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Yeah, sure. Clap for Lori. Yeah. Uh, I know that's kind of fun and funny, and, and we wanted to uh, just kind of share that for a couple reasons, though. One is so you can get to know us and realize what Steve said this morning. Uh, we're not perfect. We're, we're not bringing something to you all to just kind of unpack on you. We're, we're here to, to learn and to grow. We're in this process just like you are. And the other thing is I want us to recognize that is that we are different and, and God made us different on purpose. And we want to look to Scripture 
to see, uh, you know, some truths about that and what God has to say about that. So let's have a word of prayer and then we'll jump into the, the session and, and see what scripture has to teach us tonight about relationships. Father, thank you for the, the privilege that it is to, to be together. Thank you for uh, the gift of relationships and, uh, and for this um, um, family of faith that you've uh, assembled together tonight and allowing um, um, us, our team, to be a part of this. And Lord, would you just help us as we take the next few minutes to um, just to just kind of settle, to, to, to um, uh, put away all the things that are clamoring for our attention and stop and, and say and, and listen to you and to, to, to pause and to open ourselves up to what it is you have to say. God, would you speak to us by your word? Would you give us ears to hear uh, what it is that your spirit has to say? And then and God, by your grace, uh, uh, help us to obey. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, everything in our culture is, is teaching us something about relationships. Everywhere we look, whether it's just how we were raised, our, how our parents did life and, and, uh, and relationships together, uh, um, things that we um, uh, learn watching uh, TV and, and movies, you know, whether it's, it's that life should uh, uh, end happily ever after, you know, uh, which we know is not actually true, or, you know, TV teaching us what a, what a modern family should look like or whatever. There's things in our culture that are constantly trying to teach us what relationships are about. But what we want to do in these first sessions over the next couple of nights is look to God's Word and, uh, and, and get a biblical perspective on relationships. So, so before we kind of jump into the, the Scripture, I want you to help me with a few things. I want you to help me. Tell, tell me what you see here. What is this? Go ahead. You can, you can talk to me. Remember, it's, I'm, I'm conversation. It's a, it's a van, a minivan, okay? What's the purpose of a minivan? Family, right? Transportation to get you around from... I have a minivan, and I think the purpose of my minivan is, is to, uh, it's a collector of, of uh, French fries. I don't know what it is about French fries and minivans, but anyway, uh, what do we have here? A belt. What's the purpose of a belt? Hold your pants up. See, this another difference between the North and the South. When I say this in the South, they say spankings, right, okay? So uh, they have a different uh, mindset of that. Okay, what's, uh, what is this item here? Big Mac. You are quick with that, Wilson. That's, uh, yeah, all right. What's the purpose of a Big Mac? To eat it, all right? Yeah, all right. We were, we were in a, a church one time, and a lady said nutrition. I'm not, uh, not sure she'd read the label. But uh, I think there's a conspiracy. I think that the purpose of this is to make you need a bigger one of these. I think there's, uh, uh, that's what's going on there. But, but here's the deal. There, all these things were created, designed, if you will, with, with purpose. And I believe that God's done the same thing with regards to relationships. So look with me, if you will, in, in Genesis chapter 1. Um, actually, you go to Genesis chapter 2. I'll meet you there in a second. Genesis chapter 2. And uh, in Genesis chapter 1, we, uh, you, you know, y'all, y'all are very familiar with this. Is we, get, we have a, the account of the overview of creation, okay? Um, God details for us how he created everything we see and know. And every day he created, you know, a different aspect of, of the universe that we're, that we see and, and are aware of, you know, from planets to fish to whatever. And, and then on day six of creation, um, God just kind of gives us a, a different perspective on, on, on day six, what he was going to create, okay? On day six, God says, he says, let us make man in our image, 
So, so God's created all of these things that we see and know in the universe. And scripture says that, that uh, everything we see uh, in the universe tells us something about God. Okay, It manifests something about the nature of God. But when God created humanity, he said, I'm going to create something a little different. This, this, this next aspect of my creation is going to actually reflect, represent um, who I am. It's going to bear my image, bear our image. Which is which is something interesting. We we need to take uh, a look at that. So um, so God says, "Let us make man in our image." Now, at the end of every day of creation, God steps back and He makes a statement. What does He say? It is good. All right. It is it is complete. This is what I intended. All right. But I want you to look at chapter two here and verse eighteen. All right, so God creates man, and it says this. Then the Lord God said, it is not good. I, I heard a, that a, a woman said one time that God created man and stepped back and said, I think I can do better. Um, I don't see that in here, okay? So uh, uh, God, God said, it's not good what? The man should be alone. Here's, here's what I, I see in this, is, is that God wanted to create uh, something that was going to bear his image and, and, and he wanted to do that. When he wanted to do that, he created something that was going to live in the context of relationship. Because, because God reveals himself in relationships. We see a picture in, uh, of who God is in, in relationships. You ever think about what God was doing in, in all of eternity past, before time? Okay, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that whole idea of, of, of you know, the universe and life before time. But, but God has existed eternally. And, and do you ever think, that, you know, was God just, you know, kind of sitting around, you know, twiddling his thumbs until he created us? No, God, God was living in, in a relationship, the, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. Three um, distinct persons in one being. I, it, it blows my mind, okay? I can't, I can't wrap my head around uh, who God is in that sense. I, I just believe the truth of Scripture and what it says about that. But God is, is living in existence with himself. And we see some things in, in the Trinity that when God says, I want to create something that's going to bear my image, here's some, some things we see in the Trinity. There's, there's no unresolved conflict within the Trinity. There's, there's joy. There's peace. There's love. The, the aspects of the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives, that's, that's the things we see of who God is. All right? Um, there's a mutual submission that we see in, in the Trinity. And, and here's the deal. When, when God said, I want to create something that's going to bear my image, it wasn't that we'd look like God, all right? It's, it's not that God has nostrils and, and fingernails and all the things. It's the, it's the aspect of who God is. And so God created us to live in relationship with one another so that we could bear his image to the rest of creation by how we do life together. So that's kind of the, the essence uh, of relationships. I heard somebody say this one time. This is a very challenging um, thought to me, that, that my relationships are going to do one of two things, all right? My relationships are not going to click the thing, okay? All right, they're going to do one of two things. My relationships are going to either display or they're going to distort the image of God. When people look at me and they see how I do life together, by the way, I forgot to tell you, this is in, the, in your book. I don't know what page it's on. 44, there you go. So if you have your notebook, follow along on page 44. Um, my relationships are going to either display 
people are either going to see an accurate picture of who God is by how I uh, interact with my wife, by how I uh, discipline my children, by how I do life with, with my uh, fellow um, uh, believers, the, the people I'm on mission with, by how I respond to my authorities. All of those things are going are to communicate something to, to the people that are watching me about who God is, because I claim to be a follower of Christ. They're either going to give God, them an accurate picture and display God's glory, or they're going to distort that image of God. They're going to get an inaccurate picture. That's why this is so important to us, y'all, because we have an opportunity to, to demonstrate to the world around us. Our world is getting dark, okay? Our, our culture is, is um, in, in a lot of things, a lot of people are very discouraged about where we're headed as a culture. But do you know what I, I'm saying? As things are getting darker, it gives greater opportunity for us to shine. And people can see who God is by how they see how I do life with the people that God's brought into my circle. That's why this is so important. And God has created us um, with the responsibility of displaying who he is. I think we can kind of sum up this idea of what the purpose for relationships is in this statement. Our goal is to make God look good. All right? Now, God is good. We're not going to make God, you know, he's innately good. But, but am I going to accurately represent him? That's my goal in the relationships that, I, that God's brought into my life. That should be all of our goals, to make God look good. Now, now we're going to talk about how we do that in, in the days going forward. But before we dive into that, we want to look at what are some things that keep us from that pro process? What are some things that, that hinder us from making God look good? I, I think there's, there's three, three things that, that I, you know, I want to focus on. The first is sin. Romans 3 says that, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The, the word glory there in the New Testament has the idea of, of re representation or reflection. All right? When I, when I glorify God, people see uh, Christ in me. And so, um, uh, so sin, though, has come into our, our world and has, has distorted that image. And so we have all sinned, and that is... That has distorted that in, in each and every one of us. So, so sin is the first thing we got to look at. The second thing is the culture around us. Romans 12, um, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world. I like um, the message uh, says this, don't become so well adjusted to the culture around you that you fit into it without even thinking. I like how that's phrased. Don't become so well adjusted to the culture around you. You know what I see? So many Christians, so many of us who claim to be followers of Jesus, who are just kind of blending in with whatever the culture does, go, go to a, 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 a little league or a, a junior league soccer or, or baseball game sometime, and watch how some of us who claim to be Christ followers talk to our children, yell at the ref, the way we respond to things uh, in, in that kind of, it's, it, why do we do that? Because that's what everybody does, right? And we've just kind of blended in with the culture. And, and so we got to be, we got to be careful and mindful uh, of the culture. And then the next thing is, is this, it, it keeps us from um, displaying who God is in, in our life, in our relationships, is, is the enemy, okay? Satan, who's, who is, uh, who's looking to, to, to take us out. Um, John 10, 10 says, 
that uh, Jesus says the, 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 the thief, the enemy, is coming to steal and kill and destroy. Now, I, I grew up in a Christian culture. I grew up in church and Christian school, Sunday school. I'm very familiar with that verse for, for many years of my life. And, and usually that's, that's right there in the context where Jesus says, but I've come to give you life. And that's kind of what we focus on. I was reading a book a few years ago, and the author talked about that, and he said, hang on a second. Don't just, don't just zip past those words. Steal, kill, and destroy. Those aren't mild words. We have a real enemy, and he hates you, and he hates your family, and he does not want us to make God look good. And that's why he's going to come after us and, and try to take us out. And he's going to use a variety of methods to keep us from making God look good. He's, he's going to use doubt. He's going to cause us to, to, to doubt God's love for us. He's going to cause us to doubt one another's love. You ever wonder about that person in your life? Maybe your, your husband, your wife, your parent. Do they really love me? The enemy's going to cause that, us to doubt. He's, he's going to use division. Bicker over the silliest things. In, in church um, and, and in families. Lori and I, we, we, had a, we had an argument recently. We have those. And, uh, and some of them are, are pretty good. Um, but uh, we, we had one just, 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 just recently. And, and right in the middle of this, just, this heated discussion, Lori looked at me and she goes, what are, we, what are we fighting about anyway? And I stopped. And you know how you kind of trace back through your conversation? Neither of us could go back and identify how this whole thing started. You ever had one of those? Okay. And you're, you're, it's a heated thing, and we're like, I don't even know what we were talking about. You know what happened? There, there was some little disagreement, some little um, you know, difference in perspective, one of those differences in our lives. Those, those things that, that we laughed about earlier, you know, sometimes those things are, are real points of contention in, in, our, in our lives. And, and, and the enemy will take one of those little differences, and he'll just drive a wedge and create division in our, in our marriage. He'll create division in our faith family. We, we fight and bicker over music and over paint color and over carpet and over the silliest things sometimes. And that's the enemy often just dividing. He uses deception. You ever had one of those conversations where um, somebody repeats back what they heard you say and you're like, how did you hear that out of what I got? wasn't even close to what I was trying to say. And I think often that the enemy will just take words and just twist them around and and cause us to think incorrectly about the things we say. Ladies, I, I just, I just I read this one time, and I want, you to, I want to help you understand something. If, if we as men uh, say something that can be taken one of two ways, and one of those ways is, is hurtful, okay, we meant the other. We really did. Just, you know, uh, just give us the benefit of the doubt, right? And then the enemy uses discouragement. Ever had one of those relationships where you just felt like you could just never please somebody? Maybe you're that person that nobody can ever please. Man, I know sometimes I'm like that as a dad. My, my kids will come to me and, and, and they'll tell me about some accomplishment that, uh, that they did. And, uh, you know, and the, and, the, and the first thing I do, because I, I want them to, to be their best, you know? So instead of saying, way to go, I'm proud of you, good job, I, I'm like, well, let's, how can we improve that? You know, and, I, and, I, and they come to me with their grades and, you know, and they got all these good grades and they got that one, you know, little grade that we want to, which one do we, what do we focus on? Why don't we go, man, you got an A, way to go. No, we go immediately to that C, you know, and, and, I, and I do that. And man, sometimes I would just watch the look on my, my kid's face just, just drop. 
because I, I because I, I'm discouraging them. My um, my oldest son, Jonathan. Many of you know Jonathan. Um, he just got a new job, and uh, and he, he called us a couple weeks ago. He, we're praying for this. He, he did this interview, and and he got this job, and he started last week, and and uh, you know, and and uh, we we were uh, traveling on our way here, and Jonathan called us to remind Lori and I that he had gotten this new job and neither one of us had called him to check on him <laughs> to see how he's doing. And I was like, we, Lori never was hung up the phone. She's like, we are the lousiest parents, you know? And, uh, and here's our son, you know, and we're, we're praying for him. We're hoping but we, we didn't even stop to check on him. Now, by God's grace, he forgave us and, and, uh, and he's real forgetful too, so he can't hang it over us. But, uh, um, but, but sometimes, here's, here's the deal. Sometimes the enemy who wants to come into my home and steal and kill and destroy, and if somebody were to do that on a, on a, on a physical level, somebody were trying to break into my trailer and harm my family in some way, I, I would fight to the death to protect my family, right? Sometimes I find myself acting as an enemy of the, uh, agent of the enemy. He doesn't even have to come into my home because I'm doing his work for him. And, and I, I would say that probably many of us in here can relate to that in one way or another. Either times past where we've seen that, or maybe there's certain circumstances in our lives right now that we say, yeah, Jimmy, that's what's going on. Now, here's, here's the thing. Many of us can probably identify with some of this, but there's good news. The good news is this, that there's no situation that's too difficult for God. A Christian community, Christian family or church is not a perfect place. It's a place where sinners live. But we know what to do with our sin right? We know to take it to the cross, and we know how to, how to handle that. Paul Tripp says this. He says the essence of every relationship is, is a broken person living with another broken person in a fallen world. We're, we're all broken. We're all messed up. None of us is perfect. We're going to have these issues, and we live in an imperfect world, a world that's, that's dragging us down and is not going to help us in our pursuit of God and our, our pursuit of this opportunity of, of um of reflecting him. I want to, I want to illustrate this if I can. So, um, I'm going to have, uh, let me see. Wilson, would you come on up here? Wilson's my buddy. I can pick on him. So come up here. I want you to stand over there, Wilson. All right. Okay. And, uh, I just stand right there. That's good. I want you to look here. I want you to tell everybody what you see. Oh, okay. All right. Let's, uh, is that better? Yeah. What do you see? <laughs> you see you okay you're wrong you see a mirror okay you're over there all right okay that's that's all i need thank you very much well done <laughs> the power of the mirror is its ability to reflect an image right there's nothing special about this it's just some plastic and glass it's smudged and and, uh, you know, has some wrinkles and there's some issues with it. It's just like me and it's just like my family. There's nothing special about us. But here's, here's the great news about this is, y'all, is that, that we have the opportunity to reflect, represent the image of God, and reflect his image to the rest of the world in our relationships. And people can see who God is by what they see in us and how we do life together. And that's, that's, a, that's a great uh, opportunity and it's a great responsibility. So we gotta we gotta take that challenge and um, be mindful of that and be careful with that. 
Philippians chapter 13. I mean, chapter 13, that's not in there. Um, Philippians chapter 3, some of you are like, we're getting really heretical here, uh, is one of my favorite chapters of, of Scripture. And, and in there, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, I don't have this all together. I, I'm not perfect. Okay, these things that I'm trying to attain to, I haven't, I haven't got there yet. But he says, one thing I do, I forget what lies behind. I look forward to what lies ahead and I press on toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know what that goal is? It's knowing Christ and it's reflecting him. It's representing him to the rest of the world. And, and no matter where I've been, no matter what your situation has been, the good news is this, that God has dealt with our sin. We know where to take it. We know what to do with it. We can put it behind us and we can press on. Yesterday's decisions, yesterday's failures don't determine today's decisions. And, and wherever you are, whatever situation you're in, your relationships, you can choose today to say, uh, God, I want to deal with that. I want to deal with it correctly and biblically. And I want to press on so that the world can see you in my life and my relationships. Here's our, uh, each night I want to, I, want to, I want to give you some practical uh, things to do, okay? I want us to be doers of the word, not just hearers. So I'm going to give you some homework every night. Here's your homework for, for tonight. At some point, either tonight, okay, before you, you go to bed, or maybe tomorrow morning you get up, I want, you to, I want you to make sure you ask yourself this question. Am I making God look good in my relationships? Maybe if you're brave enough, ask uh, somebody around you that knows you well. Ask your spouse or a, or a good friend who will speak truth to you. Say, do you think, do you think people see a, a right reflection of Jesus in me and how I do life with other people? Take time to ask yourself that, see what God says, and, uh, and then come back tomorrow night. We'll talk about some of the, the hands-on practical steps. Now, what do we do to actually make God look good? Paul Tripp says this. He says, Jesus makes his invisible presence visible through his people who represent him in one another's lives. You are the look on Christ's face. You are the tones of his voice. You are the touch of his hands. You are the physical representation of his grace. This is your mission in every relationship in your life, to make the grace of the invisible king visible. Let's pray and we'll go on with the rest of the service. Father, I thank you that you have uh, given us your word and you have given us uh, a life with purpose. Um, so many people are wandering through life, um, wondering what this is about and what they're doing here. Even so many believers. God, I thank you that you've given us the purpose and, and a, a responsibility of, of, of representing you, making you look good, being the, the visible representation uh, of, of your uh, life and love uh, to this world. Lord, as you help us to take that responsibility seriously? Would you help us to be encouraged with the fact that even though we're not perfect, we don't do it perfectly, uh, you've given us grace uh, to be able to, to, to move forward, that we wouldn't be uh, bogged down in yesterday's uh, failures or maybe even yesterday's victories, but we would press on um, to follow you, to make you look good in our relationships. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.